You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Hello and welcome into Mizzou That's Who here on KC Sports Network, your podcast for Missouri Athletics. Very excited to be joined after a 38-21 Missouri Tigers victory by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. Gabe, how was your Saturday? It was good. Um, first of all, I want to note that we had basketball interviews today, so anybody that's not watching on YouTube, I have a collared shirt. I'm wearing a belt. It's a very professional version of me for this podcast, so I want that. Um, I think for this show, in the uh, tradition of Saturday, we should start slowly. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think the first 15 minutes or so, D-minus effort. Like, we don't have to try. Turn it on late, but the beginning doesn't really matter. I think it's perfect. I think I think we just have to, to stick with it. Uh, Maggie, how was your Saturday? Uh, how are you doing this week? My Saturday was great. I watched. I like to typically watch games by myself because I kind of, like, lose my mind a little bit. But I actually watched it... Um, Watched it with some friends. You know, we had some Yinglings. Shout like, out. If you like, shout out Yinglings. Um, had some Yinglings, had some fun, um, made some good food. And yeah, the first 15 minutes weren't great. But, you know, we gave Kentucky a little handicap. Gave a little handicap. It's true. Um, and then, yeah, then we kind of just boat raced them a little bit. So it, it was great. It was, it was a pretty impressive, like, three quarters of a game uh, for, for the Missouri Tigers. Uh, I was so admittedly I was listening to the game on the radio as we had uh, Matt Lane, Craig Stout. If you guys are familiar with the Chiefs coverage that we do uh, here or in, in the college football coverage, Maddie and I do the college football show. They were in Kansas City. I was driving down to uh, to the studio that we have here because we got a bunch of TVs. We wanted to watch college football in a space where we didn't have to yell to talk to each other. Um, so we came down here to the office to watch the game. I was listening to it as I, I had some other things to take care of before I came down here before the Missouri game. Uh, so I was listening on the radio and I was not in a great place mentally when I got to the studio of burn it all down. Let, let's restart. Uh, let's, can we just like turn this game off and turn it back on? Like in Madden, you know, a little bit, just like, okay, let's just restart it. Um, because it did not get off, uh, to the greatest start. And I can't imagine, uh, that a lot of other people were were uh, were very excited with how that started. A fourteen nothing hole that Missouri dug themselves into um, on a, two offensive drives that were very bad uh, to start the game, and two two defensive drives, maybe three yeah. defensive drives uh, that were also equally as bad. Uh, as you, I was wondering, Gabe, what Missouri team showed up in Lexington? I thought they swapped places with last year's. I couldn't. I I was so confused. Uh, what happened with that slow start? It, it was it like I tweeted with about two minutes left in the first quarter. It's not possible to be dominated any more than Missouri has been dominated in 13 minutes of football. And it, I got a couple like Sunday afternoon responses of like, oh, this is a clown take. I'm like, no, it 100% is not because with two minutes left in the first quarter, it was accurate. I mean, yes, you couldn't really find a single play that had gone well for Missouri. It reminded me of like that Independence Bowl in 2005. There have been a couple other games where it's like, this isn't just overall. It's not like you're just down 14, nothing. It's like they have beat your ass on every snap on both sides of the football. It was crazy. And I thought, and you know, I, I don't watch a lot of games usually on TV. I did I did have an opportunity to watch a lot of games on TV during the day Saturday, and it kind of hit me. Oh, man. so I would watch a lot of games on mute if I watched games on oh TV. But that crew that Missouri had Saturday night yeah. is an exception. I mean, Cole Kubelik, I thought, I thought it was awesome after the game. It was either after the game or at halftime. He asked Eli, he said, we talked 10 minutes before the game, and, and you said, like, it's very important we get off to a good start because I don't know how they'll react on the road if they don't get off to a good start. And then they didn't, you know? And yeah. he's like, I, I mean, so if you were panicking with at the end of the first quarter, you shouldn't feel bad about that at all. Everything you said about that team at the end of the first quarter was 100% merited. And then Luke Bauer and Marquise Johnson woke him up and changed everything. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I tweeted need more alcohol. So (laughs) 
I think, uh, you know, I was... I mean, to be fair, you also may have tweeted that up 38-20 in the fourth quarter, so... Yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, I mean, give credit to Kentucky. It was their homecoming game. It was loud there. I mean, it... I had multiple people texting me about the environment. They were like, it, it is crazy. And I don't think Kentucky is necessarily a place that's probably known for their environment. I would say over probably the last five years, they've definitely amped it up, or at least the last few years. I was there in, what, 2021, I guess, the last time we played there. And it was a it was a good environment. But, you know, they were 5-1. and one. They were coming off of a, a big loss, a devastating loss, I would say, to Georgia. Smacked. But an interesting an interesting stat that I had found that I didn't want to tweet about it because it was very much a downer tweet or a, a downer stat, but that teams were 16 and one 16 and one against the spread the week after they played Georgia, the week after they lost to Georgia. Oh, wow. Like, well, obviously now 16 and, you know, two, mm-hmm. which is great for us. But I mean, I wasn't expecting much but once that happened to us and we were down 14-0 I was like oh no this is not good and then like you said Gabe that fake punt and just the guts to go for a fake punt like that in that environment and to put the ball in Bauer's hand like hands like that and to let a freshman go up like that in that situation and not put something someone like Burden back there not put someone like Weiss back there. Put somebody like Johnson back there. I just thought it was gutsy. It was brave. If it didn't work out, I may have been like, why did we do that? But it did work out, and I loved it. So yeah, it seemed awesome. So let's talk about that, because I'm not sure it's that gutsy, because my first reaction when I saw Luke Bauer go on the field was, down 14 nothing. you're going to punt from their 39, huh? Awesome. Way to go. It, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um. You know, so... The amazing part to me was that, like, it didn't surprise Kentucky. They were clearly ready for it. Ready for it. Have a return guy. You know, it it was just, and what I liked about it was, it was not like a, okay, wait and see or find a guy or anything like that. Like, Luke Bauer didn't even look. He just turns and flings that football over there, right? Like, there was no, let's see if he's open. Maybe there's another putt. It was... There was one read, and like Bauer said, it was either get hit or throw the football. Right. And so he just launches the ball, and Johnson goes up, and he he made the catch. And I actually, like my first reaction was, oh, kind of maybe fortunate not to get called for OPI there. Now, I don't know if the NFL rule is the same as the college rule, but I've actually seen since on Twitter that there's no such thing as pass, as pass interference on a punt return, because <laughs> on a fake punt, because it would just be way too easy to go down while your gutter's in, involved with a blocker and just launch the ball and get a PI call every time. So apparently that's not a, that's like you can't pass interfere on a fake punt. There is a new rule that we learn every single year. And they, <laughs> I learned two new rules. Right. And that wasn't even the yeah. big one that people learned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was a horse collar in the pocket. Uh, yeah, apparently. Didn't know that. That's cool. Like, um, no, maybe, maybe targeting doesn't exist in the pocket. Maybe in the pocket, there just are no rules. There's like, no rule. You should be body slamming dudes back there. Unless well, it's Tom Brady. Tap him on the helmet 15 years. The fact that they, they, they took like took that away, and the pocket is still kind of a subjective area. And I'm like, are you sure he still wasn't even like... Are you sure he was like in the pocket? Or like, I don't know, because... He looked like he was on the hash marks or almost out of the hash marks to me anyway. So that was a weird call. How, no call. How, but how is call. that tackle less likely to break Brady Cook's neck there than it is five yards to his right? I, that's what I don't get. About. Well, he had very much established himself as a runner and he was on the hash mark. So I don't see how you can overturn or not even overturn it. Just pick up the flag on it. It was a pretty violent change of direction. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can remember the, the fake pun because it was one of those where I was frustrated how the Missouri offense went and I had left the room to go to the bathroom because I said this, like threw my hands up, kind of one of those things. Like I got to go get another drink type of deal. Uh, if this is how this night's going to go. And then I came back and I said, wait a second, 
what happened um type of deal uh but i saw the obviously saw all the replays and everything like that great play great momentum shift right there if that doesn't like if they don't get that like that game i think i don't know how differently it goes because missouri defense apparently was like oh we're supposed to tackle that guy um they kind of figured it out as the game went on and the, the defense kind of showed up but uh, I don't know how differently that game goes if that fake punt doesn't get. I think that was a huge momentum shift, obviously, as uh, Kentucky did start incredibly hot and Missouri started incredibly poor. But I don't know your thoughts it, on that. It, it almost it, it was like that play reminded Missouri. Oh, hey, like there's still 45 minutes left. It's okay, you yeah. can survive. And at the same time, Kentucky just goes. Just thought they weren't going to try. They tried. Now what do we do? You know, I mean, it was amazing. Just it immediately flipped, yeah. you know, and and I think that's we forget that these are 20 and 21 year olds, you know, and so like things like that happen a lot. You see a lot of games where teams blow 14, 21 point leads. I mean, Missouri did it the week before. Yep. And you heard a lot of, well, you just can't blow a 15 point. lead. Well, I mean, Kentucky just did the same thing, you know, yeah. and it happens. I mean, a lot. We've been on both sides of it many times. We've come back to Arkansas. What was that? How far back were we uh, behind Arkansas that one year? I think what was it like Pittman's first year, maybe mm. in the league, South Carolina a few years ago. I mean, there's just been so many times it's happened. So, yeah. And <laughs> as a as a fan, I I've given you know I've been somebody to give up on, on Mizzou. Yeah. But yeah, I also have learned better than to tweet that I'm giving up on them. But the good thing come back and get you. The good thing about getting behind like that right off the bat is there's a lot of time left, right? right like I, right. I, I still always remember watching the Texans game that was 24 nothing and going, well, I don't know. There are still 50 minutes left. Like the good news is they played so bad so fast that there's a lot of time left. <laughs> and right. it was kind of the same thing with Mizzou. Like, it was bad, but it wasn't like it was a 14-point game in the fourth quarter. Like, there was a lot of time left. But but I do believe without that fake punt, I don't think they win that game. And I'm not sure they're mm. in that game. And luckily, Mizzou scores quickly. That's yeah. another good thing about Mizzou is that they have the ability to score fast, especially with players like Marquise Johnson, you know, Theo Weiss, that can make those big plays. I think, uh, so this is the second week in a row that Missouri plays a quarterback that they tried to recruit over Brady Cook, right? Uh, it, I'm not sure that's true. For what it's okay. worth, I don't really know that they ever actually recruited Devin, or Devin Leary. Missouri fans wanted them to, right? but I'm not sure it actually happened. That's fair. Um, let's say, let's, let me rephrase it this way then, that, that people wanted to be a quarterback over Brady Cook. Let's, let's, let's go that way. And, you know, hard with Jaden Daniels because, you know, he's really good and might be a Heisman contender and played a very Probably good game. Probably would have been okay if they signed him, yeah. And, yeah, that might be, like, on that's good. that game against Missouri might be on his Heisman Trophy highlight reel when it comes time to uh, be in New York. So that that could be a very good one. But uh, I think Devin Leary's shoulder is shot. Uh, it looked like, it didn't look like Devin Leary did a whole lot in that game. I wasn't super impressed with with how Devin Leary played. I know they've been running a lot with you know uh, Ray Davis back there, but I I don't know. I wasn't very impressed with uh, Devin Leary. And in, in the few games he's played this season, I haven't been impressed with Devin Leary. I thought the Missouri defense did a lot to kind of force uh, Devin Leary to try to beat them in positions where maybe Ray Davis would have been the preferred uh, poison of choice for uh, Kentucky. I think they did a really good job of forcing uh, Kentucky into uncomfortable situations, making uh, Dennis Leary have to make plays that he didn't ultimately make. I love that it's actually Devin Leary, but Dennis Leary would have maybe been just as effective at quarterback. Listen, you know what's really interesting is that uh, Maddie was here, Matt, Matt Lane, and we were going, but he said he kept calling him Dennis Leary, and I was like, Matt, I like it's it. Devin Leary, it's Devin Leary. And I kept saying that over and over, and now he got it in my head. He planted a little earworm in my head. Then now I've started calling him Dennis as kind of a joke now, but now it's like semi-serious. At least Dennis Leary maybe could have like yelled and intimidated Missouri's defense. And, uh, but like Devin Leary, he was not very good and he was not very accurate. The bonus is that when he was accurate, his receivers largely didn't help him at all in drop packs. Um, or his offensive lineman held. Um, it was just... 
And I don't think it's taking credit away from Missouri to say that was a combination of Missouri waking up and playing relatively well. And Kentucky just, they were bad. Yeah. I mean, they were bad in that game for the last three quarters. If you want to talk about a team that's more undisciplined than Missouri, and I didn't, I wasn't sure that I would get to watch a team more undisciplined than Missouri, but Kentucky is way more undisciplined than Missouri is. Like, not even, not at, even close. Like, that point, was, every single time something happened, then I was watching probably with about 10 to 15 other people, I'd be like, at least there's a flag. <laughs> like, right. almost every single play, there was a holding flag. Or unsportsmanlike conduct. To their credit, we don't know that they spit on anybody. So that was solid. That that is true. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the double penalty on what the what was it like? The late hit on Brady Cook, and then he got the unsportsmanlike or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, just multiple things that you're just like, what are you doing? And that's things that I'm used to saying about Mizzou players. I'm like, what are you doing? And they. Man, they took the cake this week, so they yes, thank, thank you, thank you, Kentucky. They showed the penalties at one point in the broadcast, um, and it was like ten to three, I think, at one point. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "That's some kind of impro- Missouri usually has ten by this point." Um, I was like, "Wow, okay, how about that?" Uh, all the all the turntables, um, as Michael Scott would say. But I was, it's it's a very interesting game because, like, yeah, as you mentioned, like Kentucky didn't play very well. Obviously, Missouri didn't play very well for the first. 15 minutes of that game. Um, but if you look at it from, uh, obviously we can take the PFF grades uh, as a, with a grain of salt, right? Uh, but I'm looking at it now, and like that's their lowest rated game that they've played. Um, Missouri. All, yeah, Missouri. That's what that's what they grade. They're, uh, they're uh, the lowest rated game. Uh, maybe, the, maybe they quit watching after the first quarter as well. Maybe they didn't. Um, and, I, and I find that pretty, whoa. Um, I didn't think our offense played amazing, though. I mean... Right. Maybe it's because Luther, you know, Luther didn't have his best game. I mean, Theo was our best wide receiver, six receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown. Cody Schrader only had 71 yards on 20 carries. I mean, it was Brady's and worst Brady- game in a month, no question. Yeah. Yeah, only threw for 167 yards, had an interception. I mean, our offense wasn't was bad, too. Wasn't I that great, was- but I mean... I thought it was encouraging, though, that they showed they could win without Luther. Yes. And then also Agreed. that they showed, because it was clear that Kentucky said, first of all, Luther Burden's not going to beat us. Second of all, we're not going to give you big plays. Like, you're going to have to do this seven yards at a time. Brady Cook completed one pass over 20 yards. He only attempted, like, six of more than 10 yards. I mean, I mean, they just, they weren't, everything was out in the flats and short and Sometimes you have to do it that way, and I thought it was encouraging that Missouri figured out a way to do it because the interception was clearly, I'm forcing this ball to loot. And that, all three of his interceptions had been that, honestly. You know, so, hey, Theo Weiss can do some things. Mookie only had two catches, but they were big ones. Yeah. You know, um, and, and he did a little something with them after, work, after the catch. But more than anything, I thought their defensive line played the best game of the year. Darius Robinson played his best game. Uh, he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Johnny Walker played well. I, I think I just said, maybe on this show last week, I had not heard Jaden Jernigan or Christian Williams' name all season. I heard their names a lot in that game. Like, they were in the backfield a lot. And I thought that that did, um, you know, wonders for the defense. Absolutely. Um, I think we should, uh, we're going to take a break first and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the defense because I think that does need to be talked about. Uh, first, I'm going to tell you about our friends at homefieldapparel.com. I'm wearing the rocking the hoodie. Uh, Maggie's rocking the uh, the baseball shirt. Go check them out at homefieldapparel.com. You can use code KCSN23 for 15% off your first purchase. I got sucked into the Idaho-Montana uh, game. They've got both Idaho and Montana at uh, Home Field Apparel. Got some great stuff at the Kibbe Dome. I uh, got some Kibby Dope merch even there, too. Great finish, wild finish in that game if you didn't uh, see it. I, I assume everybody watched that FCS clash of number three versus number 10, uh, like I did, but uh, to stay up late to watch that in Idaho. Uh, but uh, if you want to support more than just the Missouri Tigers, they've got 150-plus schools there at homefieldapparel.com. Use the code KCSN23 for 15% off your first purchase. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. 
Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's talk a little bit more about that defense, Gabe. Uh, pretty impressive performance, I think, when it came to uh, when it came down to it, especially when it comes to stopping the run. It looked like uh, early on that they were going to get gashed. Um, I didn't have very good, uh, very high hopes about the defense, and uh, they really figured it out. And you've talked about the defensive line being a big key part of it, but you know, Chris Abramstrain has continually showed that he is one of the best corners in the country, and I feel like he's like not being talked about at all. I think that's kind of crazy. He, I think, is third in the country in interceptions. He has four now, and he leads the country in pass breakups. It seemed like he had six interceptions in that game. And I don't know why people keep throwing at him. Like, just go somewhere else. Um, I thought the biggest play of the game was was the first play of the third quarter where Joseph Charleston forced the fumble. It was like, okay, first quarter, completely Kentucky. Second quarter, completely Mizzou. And then to come out and turn the ball over on your first offensive snap, I, I know Kentucky ended up taking the lead for a minute after that, but um, it seemed uh, it, it, that seemed like a, a pretty big swing for Missouri. I thought um, Clark had a good game as well. He had an interception. I thought he played well. I mean, I just thought a lot of a lot of guys really played well. I think you know Hopper had a better game than he's you know, been having, I just, the linebacker room has kind of been not as good as they've been lately. Honestly, for me, it was the defense in this game overall that we scored 38 points, which I think is great. Like considering we scored like 17 points every single game last year, which is, you know, you're, you you are not going to win very many games doing that. But I think that's probably why our what was our PFF grade was so was so low was just because our offense yeah didn't do that much I think really think that it was our defense this game that just gave us that um gave us that extra energy made us I don't know what the word I'm really looking for is but better yeah, yeah made us better <laughs> it made me more optimistic about that game I never felt after that 14-0 and you know once we tied that game even though they went up 21-20, kind of like you said, Gabe, I never felt like we were losing that game. And I think we we what, we scored 20 or 18 unanswered points after that. What was the final score? Yeah, 38-21. Mm-hmm. It was just, after that, it was just, it was all optimism from me. Yeah, I think that's fair to look at. I was looking at the other PFF grades around there because I think that, like, let's just go ahead and throw this one out the absolute window because these are garbage uh, the, these scores because they get 59 they gave the Missouri offense a 59.3 and the defense a 69.0 now maybe their tackling grade of 36.7 is fair but apparently Gabe as you mentioned they just watched the first 15 minutes of this game and said yeah I mean the, the tackling was bad early they got better but that game more than anything showed um, you know like in the first half against LSU I thought Missouri was focused on not letting LSU pass. So LSU just didn't pass, right? They were like, okay, we'll just hand the ball off and we'll run for 120 yards in this half. And we think we can beat you that way. Well, with Kentucky, there is no other way to beat. If they can't run the ball, they don't have another, you know? And, and so you're, you're going into a fight really one armed at that point. And um, it's, it's not super difficult to defend. And then once you get down, I mean, you can't just keep handing the ball off, you know? Um, yeah. 
I thought Missouri was a better team going in. And on that night, they are they were a significantly better team than can and um, I don't think they're a significantly better team every night, but they were that That's all that matters. Um, especially yeah. when you have twelve Saturdays. Um Right. It's it's why all the analytics and win probability and this and that, like they only play one time, guys. Like you can simulate the game ten thousand times if you want, but they only play once and the odds of it being time number seven versus time number 9,321, or they're not any different. I've I've been encouraged um, because we, we yeah, we'd kind of talked about last week um, about if we had seen some warning signs from the Mizzou defense uh, when it came to their past few games of that LSU game, uh, allowing probably maybe more points than they should against Memphis um, and Vanderbilt as well. I was encouraged to see them kind of. I don't want to necessarily say right the ship because, as you mentioned, like I don't think I don't think it was like alarm bells going off uh, with, with the Missouri defense. But to have a performance like this against a team where uh, a stat that I really like that you brought to the to the podcast last week about like whoever wins this game is going to finish higher uh, in in the SEC standings. Now a lot of people are talking about Missouri as the second best team in the SEC East with an opportunity to go to Georgia here in a couple of weeks with their best player who is all of a sudden having ankle surgery and could be out for that game. Could Missouri sneak up on him? I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot more. But with the defense firing on all cylinders, man, I really like this team against really anybody else in the SEC East uh, with the defense playing up to, to the potential that we think it can. It's never as good as you think it is in good times and never as bad as you think it is in bad times, right? I mean, I, I still look at They've got five games, and they're all winnable, and they're all, like, I think a few Missouri fans are going, okay, cool, 7-1 and one going to Athens. I mean, they're better than South Carolina, but South Carolina, it's not the biggest upset in college football if they come in and win. Right. You know, so Eli Drinkwitz's job now is to kind of make sure his team understands, hey, if you go out and play that first quarter again, you might get beat every week the rest of the season. <laughs> you know, so, um, but that's... Look, that the good teams more often than not play, you know, play close to their potential. And uh, unless you are Georgia, like you actually have to play a good game to win. Georgia does not apparently ever have to play well to win. If they do play well, they win in a blow. Right. Well, and how many times have we played South Carolina or have we went to Columbia, South Carolina as a underdog completely? Happened last probably, year. Yeah. Or have we been definitely the lesser talented team and beat South Carolina many times since we have been in the SEC has that happened. And I said this, I don't remember if it was the first or the second episode that we did this, this season of this podcast, but, and I hate this phrase, but we are going to be South Carolina Super Bowl this season. Like to me, they do not want to win now, especially Mm -hmm. right now because they need this win. They need to beat Missouri to salvage their season, to not lose to us five years in a row. If you think that this game is not important to South Carolina because they, what's their record, two and four? Like, if you think that there's something crazy like that, if you think this game is not important and that they're just going to roll over and die, like, you are sadly mistaken because Beamer wants to win this game. Spencer Rattler wants to win this game. Like, they're going to come to Columbia ready to at least try to win this game. They're not going to give up. Yeah. I think uh, it's an interesting matchup when it comes down to it. Obviously, that Mizzou should win. Uh, I have a, Some people are getting behind a, a reborn Spencer Rattler. I'm not there yet. I don't think that I necessarily truly believe that uh, Spencer Rattler is back to like, oh, pre, like Oklahoma pre-Caleb Williams Spencer Rattler. Um but this team does have the ability to come up and sneak up on Missouri here, especially after a, a big win that they did come off against uh, against Kentucky. It's it's an interesting matchup. It really is with how these two teams just stack up against each other. And it's also, I, I mean, a good reminder that this is a team game. Like, Spencer Rattler's actually been really good this year. He, he has been. Yes. Rattler was Kentucky's quarterback. They're probably 6-1. and one. Like, mm-hmm. if, if, if Kentucky's getting that level of quarterback play, you know, they, they are a better team. He just has nothing around. They have a terrible offensive line, mm-hmm. like nine sacks against North Carolina. They give up five or six in another game. Uh, they have an awful defense. Uh, you know, they, I think they're 14th in the league in defense. So, like, their defense is worse than Vanderbilt's has been. 
Um, I I don't mean to. I know that that he is from the area, and there may be people listening to this who are friends of his. All congratulations to Graham Mertz on having the bounce back year that he's having. That dude should not throw for four hundred twenty three yards against. Like it, it shouldn't be a thing that can happen based on the last four years of college football that we've seen. Um, and, but that's what happened on Saturday to South Carolina. So yeah, Missouri is a better team. Um, mm-hmm. They just have to play better. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they just have to put together a representative effort. Like, I don't think they, if they play an A game, they wouldn't. I think they can probably win this game with a B game, but if they go out and play like they played in the first quarter against Kentucky, they will still get beat without question. I'm definitely glad that this game is in Columbia on homecoming. I will say that because even though I don't think South Carolina is that good, I wouldn't want to be playing this game there where they need need this win more. Do you think Shane Beamer feels disrespected that he is Missouri, that Missouri actually scheduled a second straight homecoming to be able to play his team? Mm. I mean, probably, but... I mean, they already played LSU for homecoming, and now they're playing South Carolina for homecoming. It's very disrespectful to all Missouri's. But I mean, when else was we? When else were we gonna have our homecoming? Um, but yeah, have it every week, according to Brian Kelly. Isn't every week homecoming? This is what they're doing LSU, right? I think they should totally lean into that. It's like homecoming 5.0. I think no. I saw I saw somewhere. So South Carolina ranks 121st out of 130 in total um, defense this year out of FBS schools, which is not good. Uh, For those of you keeping track at home, not good at all. Their opposing um, opposing completion percentage is at more than 69% among their FBS opponents, which is also not good. And they're in the bottom 10 nationally in how often they force third and longs and how often they force third and shorts. So third, third and medium, though. Solid at that, right? <laughs> very, very good at 14, third and fives. <laughs> What I think is uh, is really interesting, I've been on the record on this podcast and other podcasts I've done is I don't think Florida's a good football team. Like I don't think Florida's I don't think Florida's good. They had a thirty seven to twenty seven. They had a ten point lead with nine minutes left in that game. And they lost that game forty one to thirty nine. Uh and Florida's defense is they're not very good either. I mean mm-hmm. like the toilet bowl in that game, truthfully. I don't. I don't think either of those teams are very good. But as you mentioned, any given Saturday, that that type and everything like that. But I think that if Missouri comes out and just doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, they should take care of this game. Um, and, and I think that you know it sh- should be a pretty easy one. And that was, I think, the encouraging thing on Saturday was uh, they went ahead and got the Cameron Johnson false start and the Connor Tollison bad snap out of the way in the first quarter. Yep. Just, just get those done. They're going to happen. So just get them done. And then move on. And really, the rest of the game, they played pretty clean football. Like, there weren't a lot of... Uh, there were After the first quarter, there really weren't any huge mistakes. I mean, not everything was perfect, but there weren't any, you know, huge penalties or, or turnovers or things like that that, that really just derailed. Which is going to be incredibly necessary, I think, uh, to just... Just want to see a nice, clean football game. I know that's it's hard to ask for uh, in these in these times uh, with a, a nice, clean football game. But uh, I do think that it's uh, it's it's the game that is very winnable for uh, Missouri when it comes down to it. Obviously, with uh, I just hope that it it also could be a trap game, right? I, well, I think it I think it tests their maturity a lot. Uh, yes, because if you win this game, you know. You get a week off, and you are going to be seven and one, playing on CBS against the number one team in the country for the inside track to make the SEC championship. Like, yep. it it is you are one week away from the game that you all came to college to play. But but that game isn't that game if you don't win this game. Uh-huh. You know, so it, it's it, it it's the. Could not. I mean, the 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 fun thing about a season like 07 or thirteen was that 
every game was the biggest game that they'd ever played. Yeah. And then the next game became bigger because they kept winning. You know, both those teams lost a game and understood, like, we can't lose again if we want to go where we're going to go. And this team's already there. Like, this team can't lose. The next time this team loses, all the talk about Atlanta kind of goes away. Yeah. Uh, probably. So, you know, enjoy it while it's there. Keep it on the table as long as you can. And every Saturday that you win makes the following Saturday a little more important. And like this is the type of game or like the type of season that you have the opportunity to kind of, you know, put your name in stone at programs like Mizzou. You know, you go to a school like Georgia and I mean, people are going to remember who Brock Bowers is because he's, you know, one of the best tight ends that's ever played. But I don't remember a lot of wide receivers that have played at Georgia. I mean... Are they going to remember Stetson Bennett? I, I oh, they'll remember Stetson. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I remember George Pickens, but only because he's not Sky Moore. It's also really fair. Fair, but I mean, you you remember when I when I talk to people about Mizzou, like that didn't that aren't Mizzou fans. You know who they ask me about? Chase Daniel, mm-hmm. Jeremy Macklin. You know, you have that. Those people that, you know, that they remember and you have these seasons and you have the opportunity to go in and be one of those those players. And I just think that they have the opportunity to to kind of recruit without recruiting, I guess, is that if that's kind of like a a thing to get more players to want to play at a school like Mizzou. And they have that opportunity every game from here on out. Do you know, Gabe, uh, off the top of your head, if they'll have a big recruiting weekend uh, this weekend with uh, folks in town? I would assume they'll have a, a good number of people here. Um, I don't. I generally don't start kind of looking into that until later in the week after we record this. But I would think 2.30, homecoming, it's going to be a sellout crowd. I, I would think that, you know, and, and it's, it's also the last game where like there's no chance of it being 32 and sideways freezing rain, you know. I mean, because their next home game is November 11th, um, and it's probably going to be a night game, and it might be miserably cold by then. Uh, so yeah, I would I would think that they will have a, a decent number of people. That could help. Um, I think with with a lot of the recruiting, and I think even the LSU the LSU game did a lot with recruiting, even though they didn't win the game. Oh, it was. It was the biggest recruiting weekend I've ever seen here. I mean, the number of kids that were on the sideline, and I had multiple people on staff that I just kind of talked to pregame, and they're like, yeah, this I don't think we've ever had this many kids here. Wow. Good sign. As uh, Missouri is seven and a half point favorites from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook uh, in this game against South Carolina. Um, a, lot, a lot of... Have, have we, by the way, by talking about the Georgia game, have we looked as a podcast too far ahead? Have we messed this up? Because I, I get a lot of that on the internet. Like, we are no, man, to- they got to play South Carolina. I'm like, they've got you, but I don't got you. I, like, I, mean, I, I don't got to play. I'm not on the team. To be honest with you, I even wrote down, okay, so I we did the preview episode at the beginning of this year, and we talked about where we saw Mizzou, like we picked and I think you guys had them at five and two at this point of the season, and I had them at six and one. So go me. But we talked about like you know the expectations, and a lot of people didn't expect Mizzou to be doing as well. So I even kind of wrote down in my notes like, where does Mizzou go from here? Do expectations change now that yes. you know teams like Arkansas aren't as good as that we thought maybe they were going to be? Not saying that. They're honestly not as bad as even their record shows. Because I think they're bad. I'll say it. I don't think that they're I, great. I don't think they're. I don't think that they're bad. They lost to LSU by three. They lost to Ole Miss by a touchdown. They lost to Alabama by three. And all of those games were on the road. So I don't think that they're honestly as bad. I think KJ's offensive line is bad. <laughs> and Rocket Sanders hasn't played in a bunch of games. So I think that that kind of hurts them. But I... Like, looking at the schedule, it's so hard for me to, like, sit here and be like, because before I would have been like, oh, that's probably a loss. I mean, I picked him at eight and four, but now I'm kind of like. I I think Missouri should go nine and three. 
Like that's my expectation now. Is and to what did you team. pick before seven and five? Seven and five. Yeah. Um, and and like I wrote this on Monday morning. If if they end up eight and four, like on one hand, yeah, after a six and one start, that's that will feel a little disappointing. It's not a disappointing season, right? But considering you're sitting here six and one and you're an eight point favorite in the next game, like. Eight and four would feel like a little bit of a letdown from there. Um, I, I think what the Kentucky game did, like, I think this is a team that should now, that the fan base should go, hey, nine or 10 and playing on New Year's Day is, is absolutely on the tape. And I think it's okay. I mean, I know that, I know there's a lot of people and, and there's a lot of Missouri fans who say, I'm just going to set my expectations low because then I can't be, sad if they don't get fulfilled um but to me like isn't the whole point like hope and that's the fun part of this i mean i guess if you go into every game going well yeah we're probably gonna lose i i don't know i guess you protect yourself emotionally but like that's not that's not then you don't get the experience of being a fan of a team like go along for the ride and start i mean start thinking about that this could be a 10 and 2 team that's playing in a you know, the peach bowl or I go to Athens, Georgia and shoot your shot, man, yep. you know, and maybe it doesn't work, but uh, yeah, I think, I think this team should win nine games at this point, at least. I think I one think- of my things with the beginning of the season was I don't, I don't like to make predictions because like, like you said, I don't, I don't like to be wrong about things and I don't like people coming back and being like, well, you said this, but I do like to, do the research and kind of be like, well, we do have this and we did have this last year. And based on, you know, things that happened last year, like this should be the outcome. Like I do like that part of the, the process of it all. Like thinking about like Brady Cook going through surgery and the fact that he played all these games injured and that these games were so close and things like that. So I do like thinking of like the possibility and I do like that that hope side of things. But then, you know, you you think of things like like Kansas last year where they went 5 and 5 and 0 oh, and then, you know, it took them a bit to get that last win and then they never they only won one more game, you know, and ended up 6 and 7. And you don't want to end up like that. So, obviously we got our win way much sooner than they did but i just think nobody wants to be that that type of you know input in that situation so i think every mizzou fan's afraid that they're gonna be be mizzoued <laughs> verbed yeah but i gabe i like it fine you changed my out- outlook on life gabe uh with uh with your with your uh, I mean, little... it's really why i'm here a little bit of knowledge but more just <laughs> positive life outlook that's what most people say about me it's really just a counseling session change outlook of life yeah no but i'm in that i'm in that camp of just like well if i expect to lose nothing can hurt me if i expect the worst to happen then nothing will hurt me um but like it's still not fun even you if you lose and you do lose you're like well this isn't a fun team to be a fan of that's why you show up you show up every saturday that's why you should show up anyways like, why it's not fun to not go to the Georgia game because you think we're going to lose. You go to the Georgia game last year because you think we have a chance to win, and we did have a chance to win. Okay, you know? so low-key, that's actually... So I'll be interested to hear what you guys think about mm-hmm. So on Sunday morning, like, I've already put in all our credential requests for the season. And, like, I, I don't go to Rogue. A lot of people ask me, you going to Lexington? I'm like, no, that's more than two miles. Um, so, but so Gerard goes to all the road games for, so Missouri wins and all this stuff's being set up. So I put in an extra credential request for the Georgia game. I have not yet decided if I'm going to go, I won't make that decision probably until after South Carolina, but like, this is the, this is my conundrum about that game. Like if they win this week, if they're seven and one, that is the biggest game this program's played in 10 years, nine years. It is, like, on one hand, I should be there for that game, right? 
because what if it turns out, what if they go down there and win? So if I stay home, they're going to win that game. Like, I just know that's how it is. I also know if I buy a plane ticket and I send two people to staff that game, I'm going to go down there and watch Missouri get beat 41 to 14 and no one will read my story and care that I was there. So I don't know what to do. On one hand, like I should be there probably, but on the other hand, you don't want to jinx it. You're afraid it'll jinx it. It's not that I don't want to jinx it. It's that I don't want to spend the money for a second plane ticket to go watch them get beat by four touchdowns and do stories nobody will read. So this is like I'm I'm in a very tough spot. This is why you should have bought the tickets during the Southwest sale in advance, and then you can get your credit back. The foresight. Well, I didn't anticipate having any reason to go to that game. I thought, Fair. you know, I thought the only way I'm going to this game is if it's like for the East. If if we're talking about the top two teams in the East, and that doesn't seem super likely to be happening at that point. Yeah, I mean, as as you were talking about like the expectations and everything, I was kind of taking a peek at the schedule, jotting down my kind of thoughts here, and like nine and three would be. Uh, like at one point I'd be like, okay, that's like the the minimum. I think like that's a loss to Georgia and that's a loss to Tennessee is what I have down. Right. Or a loss to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Or some, you know, another fluky game, whatever. Um, but like, yeah, I, I agree that like nine and three is a very reachable proposition I mean, at this point. They're favored this week. They will be probably two touchdown underdogs to Georgia, regardless of what happens this week. Yep. I don't know about t- Tennessee is the one I'd, I I'm not. That's a weird one. That's a weird real one. similar to Kentucky. Like Missouri could be a little bit of a favorite because they're at home, but it'll be kind of a coin toss game. But I think they'll be favored against Florida. And I think they'll probably be favored at Arkansas. But like Milton only threw for a hundred yards last week. A hundred yards. Is yeah, one it's touchdown. a very anti Josh Heupel team. They cannot throw the ball, the but they run it really well. And they yeah. play really good defense. Yeah, Jalen Wright has 19 carries and 136 yards, but he had no touchdowns. They kicked. It, that was a kicking game. It was all kicking. Both teams. They had. That, I think that, one that was touch, a way to run touchdown on like both jacket on, up game. Yeah, it was a. It was. It will have a good game. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the whole kind of SEC picture is is weird this year, just with all, all the all the teams and everything. Uh, basically, all of the teams in the East. Not panning out to what we anticipated them to be in Missouri, uh, being a lot better than what they what like, a lot of people rank to rank the Power Five conferences. I think the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country. I would agree, and then, and then the Big Ten. It's top heavy. The Big Ten's weird because they've got three of the top like six teams in the country, and then they have nothing, nothing else. But th- but that's how I, I honestly that's how I think the the Pac-12 is or Pac whatever Pac two. I mean, well, I think they're pretty stacked, truthfully. But I don't like, think, I think Utah's could... pretty good and might finish sixth in the pack. But I don't think yeah. Utah's offense is that good. I, I think no, but they're killed, a good team. They killed Cal, but Cal's not very good. Um, but I but think like that Washington... Oregon State. Nobody's talking about Oregon State. They're six and yeah. one. They're pretty good. But I think Utah think... beat UCLA, who just put it yeah. to Washington yeah, UCLA State. Lo- UCLA. Lost last week. Oh, I was thinking of Arizona. Sorry, but like Arizona, Wazoo, Wazoo's Wazoo had been pretty good, but they just got beat forty-four to six by Arizona. And then Arizona, Arizona I think Arizona's beat, good. They just almost beat UCLA in double O. USC, I'm, I'm, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, but USC, USC might not be that. It, good. It, it, the Big Ten versus the SEC. I find it funny because the Big Ten is what the SEC was for a long time, which was oh, we have yeah. three teams that can yeah. win the national title. Not sure really what else we have. And SEC fans at that point were talking about the SEC being great because look how many teams we have that have won a national title. And now that's yeah. the Big Ten. Like, there is nothing else there. Yeah. The fourth best team in the Big Ten, like, has more punting yards than than offensive yards, right? Like, Iowa is yeah. going to go 11-1 and one to play in the Big Ten title game. Yeah. Uh, but they're not a good football team. Uh, I think so LSU... I feel- LSU is like USC to me. Like, the... They're similar teams in terms of like great offenses. I think the two best teams like are Oregon and Washington. Yeah. The the SEC has one team that can win a national title. Right. Like there are others. Alabama is still technically alive. Tennessee is alive. Missouri's alive. Like 
they have teams that could, but I, I don't think anybody's going to say, like, I don't see this Alabama team being able to win a title. I don't think anybody would say, yeah, I can see Missouri running the table and then winning two games in the playoffs. I, I, I just don't think that's a thing that most people would say. Um, so, like, I think there's one probably great to really good team in this league, and then there's a bunch of decent teams. Uh-huh. But I guess the SEC is the second or third best conference in the country because it's better than the Big 12. I mean, the Big 12 has one and a half, two good the teams, and then a whole bunch of not. And the S- the ACC, I don't even know what that is. Shout out to Big 12, by the way, for uh, resurrecting and, and becoming a, uh, a becoming a group of five conference after losing all of their good teams. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that shot in there. Is Duke still undefeated? No, they lost to Notre Dame. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. But yeah, it, Notre Dame. It's interesting. Us. I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten are two and three in some order. But my point is just I don't know that this is what the SEC has been. I think this is For the sure. weakest SEC in quite a while. And I think a lot of people use that against Missouri when they won it and was or when they won the East in twenty thirteen. It was like, oh well, well, that was a down year for every other team in the SEC. Like, okay, cool. It's neat. Fine. Good deal. <laughs> well, but well, the same thing they said about the Big 12 North was bad when Missouri won it. Well, part of the reason it was bad was because Kansas State and Nebraska got worse because Missouri beat them. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they, you only play X number of conference. Your conference is going to finish 500 every year. Like, it is mathematically impossible to not finish <laughs> 500 as a conference. So just because the name teams don't win those games. Like yeah. maybe South Carolina and Missouri were good that year. Well, and you know, who doesn't care that do- who doesn't care that Alabama is down this year because they won their game. Everyone Texas. else, Texas, right? Texas doesn't care that Alabama's down next year. If they come in, if Texas and OU come in and they're successful in their first year in the sec, they are not going to care that, that the sec is down. They're going to say the exact same thing that we did, even though they've been saying for years that the only reason that Missouri won the SEC you know, East is because they were down. You know who cares that Alabama's down? Ole Miss and A&M and Arkansas, who just blew their chance to beat Alabama. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the year win you better go do it. None of them did. Yeah, win the game. <laughs> just looking at LSU. LSU's just been a, such an interesting team this year. Like. Man, if they wouldn't have lost to Florida State, if they wouldn't have lost to Florida State and then Ole Miss too, I mean, Ole Miss game, that's one I think if you're an LSU fan, you really want back is is that LSU game or is that Ole Miss game. But uh, they are a fun team. We could could find a path toward Ole Miss-Mizzou in Atlanta. Listen, what? I want to see the ticket sales for that game. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I think they'd be through the – are you kidding me? Oh, right, that's what I'm saying. In. They've never played in it, yeah. You know, Missouri fans would absolutely go. I mean that 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 would be a that would be a fun ass week in Atlanta, no question. I would have to convince myself to go to that game if that would if it was Old Miss, Mizzou. I'd be like, God, I've got to see Lane Kiffin. You'd see this Old Miss team. Um, I would I would definitely cover that game. I'm still still on the fence about Mizzou Georgia, but if they make the SEC title. <laughs> Well, and it would be fun to not have to play Auburn. That's like an hour and a half from Atlanta. Well, I think I think it's safe to say if Mizzou gets the SEC title game, they will not be playing Auburn. No, they will be Auburn. Good deal. Um, I went back and looked in the last four games that Missouri has played against uh, South Carolina. They won by 13, 3, 7, and 20. Um, now, only two of those would be the covering. Uh, They're the anti-Kentucky. Like they're the team that suddenly they Missouri just beats every year, right? Yeah, and so like on one hand, you broke the Kentucky hex. Don't let South Carolina do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, I feel pretty good about this one. I'm going to pick uh, Missouri to win before we get out of here. I'm going to pick them to win. Um, I don't have Scorigami up in front of me, or I would have picked a Scorigami score. I mean, just pick um, one that sounds really weird. Yeah, uh, I think 19 is going to be involved in it. I think I think South Carolina will score 19 points. So I'm going to say, uh, you know what? 32-19. The Missouri I'm, Tigers. I would think that's a score, Gami. I'm going to look it up. If I had to guess. What do you I think that's about right. I would go, I think uh, they've, they're what, 2-1 and one in the SEC, right? 
Missouri. Mm-hmm. Okay, both their wins have been 38-21. So I think every game Missouri wins in the league this year, they're winning 38-21. I'm going to pick Missouri 38-21 every week that I pick them. Great logic. Sound logic. Matt. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go thirty five twenty one. I think we're gonna miss a field goal. No faith in Harrison Beavis. <laughs> yeah. We're missing a field goal. Uh thirty two nineteen, by the way, is a score got me. Uh so I clutched that one up by not knowing that. So I'm very excited by that. Um yeah, before we go, basketball. How about that? It's almost here. Uh Mizzou, I think, received six votes in the AP poll, the uh, the introductory AP poll. Who cares? Um, but I thought it, it's a, it's a point that we should mention, Gabe, you were out there and you were doing some interviews. How are the vibes with the team? That's all I want to ask you. How are the vibes with the team so far? Yeah. I mean, they feel pretty confident. I think, I think Dennis Gates likes what he has, you know, um, I've, I've seen, I just read the CBS sports SEC preview. I think they do a, a really good job nationally. And what you're seeing is a lot of, yeah, I don't know. I, I look at Missouri and like, I don't. I don't really know what to think, but Dennis Gates. So I'm probably going to say they're going to be better than I think they're going to be. You know, um, that's that's kind of what he's done in his time as a head coach so far. So, uh, but I thought the the most interesting thing that he probably said was, and we know this, but he said, "Look, we put our schedule together differently last year. We kind of eased him into it and had a slow build, and he said we didn't want to do that this year. We wanted to get into it right off the bat." We're going to have some good games and and kind of build the schedule in in a way that we're going to be tested. Um, I know SEC Media Day starts on Wednesday. Um, I would anticipate Missouri is picked somewhere between eighth and tenth in the league. Um, take that for whatever it's going to be worth, you know. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them finish higher than that at all. Yeah, our our non conference is it's no joke. You know, got Memphis yep. early, um, Wichita State. God, that game's at home because I know we did the whole overtime dance with them last year. Uh, Illinois returns a ton, so that game will be not easy. Kansas and Lawrence with everything that they have, I'm pretty sure they're preseason number one, and I see them winning the Big 12. Uh, and they and I mean, deep tournament just, run. They're going to be good. just like credit to Kansas. It was so tough for them to go through six years of being under investigation. Miles. And I, I know how hard that was on Bill and his program. And just Ugh. to have come through that I know. and have won a national title and to, I, I mean, to have been victimized and defrauded the way they were for so long. I'm sure that they will. They are greatly relieved in the city of Florence to just be able to go play basketball. Mm. I mean, don't you feel so bad for them that they're no longer the winningest program in in college basketball? I actually did. I talked to a friend of mine who uh, knows a lot of KU people. <laughs> the day those sanctions came down, and I was like, we all knew it was going to happen, but oh my god, they got off easy. And he said, "Yeah, the funny thing is, KU fans." think they are so upset about these vacated wins I'm- yeah yep <laughs> I mean, cry me a river um <laughs> no i mean that the only like obviously it would be a long shot but going into lawrence and winning there after all that stuff would be hilarious but no i'm a little bit more more nervous about our front court than i am about our back court <laughs> i'm very scared very nervous about our front court I'm just hoping that, you know, I'm not even going to name many names, but I'm just I mean, hoping that they were, the, they were the worst defensive rebounding team in college basketball last year. How much worse right. can it be? I, I'm hoping it's, I'm just hoping it's not worse. I'm just hoping we have any kind of I don't, protection. I, like, I don't think it can't be worse. Yeah. yeah okay. You're probably right. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Feel so just being, at least in that regard. Yeah, at least in the in the rebounding in the defensive rebounding regards. Yeah, I have no basketball takes yet, um, so I was really just hoping that you guys were going to kind of carry that one for me. And you guys, I think you guys did. So thank you uh, for doing that. I have not even began to think about the sport of basketball. Um, I did think that I should bring it up though, since Gabe dressed up for the podcast today. Uh, <laughs> I did think that it should be. Don't don't expect that to be a regular occurrence. Like, it, I'm. Honestly disappointed at how much I've had to work today. Um, <laughs> it's not normal for me. There. I mean, I get it. You know, I mean, it's 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 this crossover season with both sports. Um, 
Missouri's like good at things now, so that means I have to work more. I'll take that part though. Like it's 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 way better than just like shouting things into the void and everybody's like, dude, we quit reading your stories like six weeks ago. Why are you still? Doing this? <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Zoo. That too. Sorry if you guys wanted more basketball content. I'm sure you don't, but uh, we'll <laughs> give you more week, basketball man. content. Uh, yeah, next week. That's a good idea. Let's maybe let's give some basketball content next week as uh, Mizzou will be on a bye week, hopefully after a South Carolina dub on homecoming. Very excited for that. Uh, for Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson, I'm Tucker Franklin. That's been this has been Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. We will talk to you guys next week.